Bill O'Reilly with real news and no spin. Still looking out for you. Weekday afternoons at 307 on 930 WFMD. 622 on the Morning News Express. Good morning, Mayor Bob Miller. Chris Michaels producing the show and on the uh, phone with us is Davin Ferris with the uh, Sunrise Movement Frederick Group. Davin, thank you for, uh, first of all, uh, coming on the program and uh, waking up so early. I do appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Tell me a little bit about uh, yourself, first of all. Are you still in school? Uh, yeah, so I just graduated uh, this spring. All right. Where'd you graduate from? I was actually a homeschool student in the county. Really? And, you know, people ask me, people ask me, so then why are you working on climate action in the schools? And it's because <laughs> I'm only because of homeschool that I have time to do this. <laughs> well, you know what? Every day is a uh, learning experience for homeschoolers, and that's kind of a, it's interesting. Tell us a little bit about Sunrise Frederick. Is Sunrise Frederick a, uh only student organization? Do you have other people, and is it part of a larger organization? Yeah, absolutely. So to answer your first question, Sunrise Frederick is student-led or youth-led, but is absolutely open to uh, support and involvement from everyone. We've had members up into their 70s. And it is part of the National Sunrise Movement, which is a youth-led, uh, youth-focused um, environmental nonprofit. They do a lot of political demonstration and advocacy around sustainability, climate action, and especially job creation as well. And that's a really important part of uh, responsible climate action. And Sunrise uh, is structured so that there is a national organization that does things like, you know, federal legislation proposals and uh, congressional endorsements. But it's also set up so that local people all over the country can organize sort of in the name of Sunrise by forming a local hub. And that's what we did in Frederick in 2020 uh, when I was 14 uh, myself and about seven of my friends got together and decided that we wanted to do this kind of work ourselves locally in Frederick. And so we started a Sunrise Hub right as COVID was actually beginning. And we've been organizing locally since then uh, with a lot of autonomy, but with the support and resources uh, from the national movement. And if you can tell me, because I tried to look up a little bit, where does the national funds come from? Because you are a bit of a political action uh, committee, and you did support some local um, politicians. So where does the funds come from nationally? Do you know? Uh, yeah. So it's a combination of individual donations and grants from environmental groups, primarily. Okay. So let's talk about the proposal. You went before the uh, Frederick County Board of Education um, to kind of uh, present a, um, a, a draft on climate change working group proposal resolutions, um, which is a lot of them. Why did you pick some of the ones that you did pick in this? In this um, is it more from being local, or is this more of this is what the national movement is kind of trying to push forward um, and giving you some help doing that? Yeah, so this is absolutely a local initiative. Um, the reason that we structured our resolution like we did uh, goes back to late last year when we found out about Prince George's County having passed a very similar climate resolution in 2021. And their working group then produced an action plan, which was ratified in 2022. There's some fantastic news coverage of this. And so we decided to do it with 
you know, the precedent of a really nearby county taking this kind of action in their schools, it would be really imperative for Frederick to do the same to ensure that we remain a leader of sustainability in our state and that we keep bringing new technologies and new resources into our schools. And so from there, we modeled a resolution for Frederick County Schools and drafted it based off of the one from Prince George's County, which set the same sort of sustainability goals that we were talking about uh, and also created a working group with a lot of success. And because of that precedent for success, not only in Prince George's schools, but like you mentioned, we've also had this at the county level in Frederick with the Climate Emergency Mobilization Working Group. We've had similar sort of successes at the state level where we set goals and then create a working group to form specific recommendations to meet those goals. So this is just a model with a lot of success behind it. Well, we're going to get into to some of the nuts and bolts because we've, we uh, talked about this a while back on our program and what it might, um, what it might cost, some of the things, and maybe we can kind of break this down a little bit. Uh, if you can hang on for another segment, we would appreciate it because I like to walk through some of these. I don't think we can get to all of them, but we'll maybe get to the ones that you feel, uh, because obviously, um, when you propose a overwhelming, um, draft like this and trying to get resolution. Some of it may pass. Some of it probably won't pass. I would love to hear from you, Davin, which ones you are most likely or most wanting to pass. I know you'd probably like them all sure. passed, but which, which, you know, give me your top five. We'll do that coming up on the morning news express of free talk 930 WFMD. Get your morning started. You'll stay informed with more than just news on the premier dental arts mm. morning news express. From 5 to 9 on 930 WFMD. Wake up, wake up. Running, running, and running, running. Come on, y'all. 635 at WFMD. Morning News Express. Morning, Mayor Bob Miller, along with Davin Ferris, who is part of the Sunrise Movement Group Frederick, uh, and a very well-spoken young man trying to present his uh, beliefs and the proposal that they brought in front of the Board of Education about being responsible when it comes to climate, sustainability, and resiliency measures. Uh, Davin, I, I'd like to ask you, what is your what are your top five? Well, if you were to get so you you're not going to get them all passed if you get any of them passed. But what would be the number one thing that you say you would like to get passed um, from your efforts in proposing this resolution? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so our resolution sets five goals for sustainability, and they're all incredibly important. But if I had to pick one, the goal of clean energy by 2040 is just absolutely uh, paramount for our school system to aim toward. Uh, that's pretty consistent with both uh, county and statewide goals, and it really is a urgent, urgent issue. I mean, I think climate issues have been on the minds of a lot of people this summer. In July, we had the hottest month ever recorded. You know, in June, we had terrible wildfire smoke that would absolutely not have happened without climate change. This is not some future crisis. It's happening today, and for the sake of our students, we need to make sure that our schools are not only not contributing to it, but when you mentioned resiliency there, that is also really key. You know, by making our schools uh, energized by solar and having more efficient appliances, we really make our school grid much less susceptible to natural disasters, to extreme heat, to flooding, and that helps ensure that our kids stay safe during these terrible weather events that are only going to get more severe. 
One of the things, and I, I appreciate your your thought process, but did we go down the list and determine how much it would cost? Because this is not a, this is not cheap, and and factoring in the cost is going to be a pretty large number if you try to get it done by some of the time frames that you're trying to get it done by. Well, it's possible, but um, this is actually something that we focused a lot on in our presentation to the Board of Education. Uh, there's a lot of examples of it actually being not only very affordable, but actually budget saving. Uh, so we talked about, for instance, Steelton High Spire District in Pennsylvania, which was a critically underfunded school district with a $10 million budget gap, and they chose to address that using energy efficiency measures. And they used government grants and a guaranteed savings plan to limit their upfront costs, and it's all these resources available now. And they were so successful that not only did they succeed in closing their budget gap, but they now have a solar array projected to save them $4 million. And so this is something that is not only feasible, but often very much an economically smart choice. Well, where would the solar array be on top of I mean, one of the things when we discussed this and kind of went down the list, I'm like, well, most of the schools have flat roofs in Frederick County, so we might be able to put solar panels up there. But I don't know if it's going to be enough to really offset the cost versus the savings. Um, and I don't know where else Frederick County schools have property where they could put up a solar array. Sure. Well, and I think a great first step would be putting solar on any sort of newly constructed building. Every new school that's constructed in Frederick is already required to be solar ready. And so that means that it's a relatively small step to go into putting them all on the schools. And as that becomes successful and widespread, I think we'll see a growing amount of support and resources directed that way, at which point we can look at, you know, either retrofitting schools that aren't right now applicable, looking at open uh, field areas that might be used, especially if we can uh, graze them on, with livestock in combination with um, solar panels. Agrivoltaics is a really exciting field. And so there's all these ways that we can um, integrate this into our school system, and I just want to make sure that that is always present in these conversations, you know. Okay, we're building something. How can we make sure that it's acting not only for the present but for the future good of our students? Your hometown connection to local and global issues. 930 WFMD. 643 at WFMD. We are talking some global issues here with Davin Ferris, part of the uh, group, the Sunrise Movement of Frederick. And Davin, I, I do want to ask you, um, how many people are in your group locally? I mean, uh, how many members do you have? Yeah, so it varies, but um, right now we're at about half a dozen active members. Okay. Um, so I kind of wonder, we are, we are talking about uh, the research of costs. We're talking about um, some of the other things, like you talked about transportation. And I, you know, you're talking about getting rid of the diesel uh, buses, getting electric vehicles. I, you know, I say more than anything else, the bigger problem that we have in Friday County Public Schools is not necessarily the buses, is that the children who don't ride the buses and have mom and dad and themselves drive them to school. And and I would think that that's a bigger problem, and maybe we should just uh, stop having the uh, 50, 60 car lines dropping their kids off at school. Um, you know, that could be a better start than trying to change all buses into EV vehicles, which really haven't been proven yet uh, in a in a worldwide and a very consumer friendly um, vehicles, which really haven't been proven yet uh, in 
a in a worldwide and a very consumer friendly um, uh, study. Sure, and I think uh, focusing on reducing you know, individual drop-offs would be huge, and that's something that I think the school board should be uh, addressing as well. But in terms of measuring our school's uh, carbon footprint and emissions, um, buses are really where we have a lot of evidence and a lot of uh, oversight and ability to make changes. And I think also um, it's not only about you know greenhouse gases, which I, I get it can be sort of abstract. A lot of people don't really see the urgency there. Um, but it also is about the particulates that are just going out into the air, and the local air pollution is huge. You know, Every one of these diesel buses is making the air around schools less safe for kids to breathe and increasing asthma rates and all of that. And so it really is a public health issue. Uh, the EPA has uh, billions of dollars in rebates to buy electric buses for school districts, and this is something that I hope the um, board members really do pursue and look further into. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, we, we could go down that path, and I mean, everything is. I mean, how many kids are vaping today, and how, and what what are what's the particulates in some of those vapes that are going out that kids are uh, smoking every single day? I mean, we, you know, there's, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you guys are going after the big picture. I understand that, but there's a lot of smaller pictures that maybe can help even further your cause. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is not a thing where I'm, uh, anyone is suggesting action just on electric buses, but not on uh, vaping or anything like that. It's just that when you think about the all-encompassing nature of sustainability issues, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I'm not an environmentalist, right? But right. if you care about the economy, which stands to lose trillions and trillions of dollars and millions of good-paying jobs due to uh, increased heat and climate change, or if you care about social justice, which is only going to be uh, worsened by inequitable effects of climate change, or if you just want your kids to have a safe place to play outside, you know, if any of those apply to you, then environmental issues matter to you by default. And this is something that I hope we see really centered in the school's decision-making process going forward. And setting goals, is re that's really what it's about. It's about making sure that these questions of sustainability, these questions of health and safety are never left out of the discussion, that they're always a part of it because they should always be a part of these decisions that are going to be impacted by what we're doing to our planet. Absolutely. All right. So if somebody would like to know more about your uh, organization, where do they go? Yeah, so they can find us on Facebook or Instagram. We're Sunrise Movement Frederick. You can also look us up. Um, and I would highly recommend um, connecting with the National Sunrise Movement as well. They're also on all of the social media platforms as well as their website, sunrisemovement.org. Uh, this is really an issue that, as I said, should really matter to everyone because everyone has a lot to lose and a lot to gain by taking action. Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, and it's amazing that you're a homeschool student trying to make the uh, schools a better place. I was thinking about the zero food waste. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that everybody can get on that. But, again, if you're doing composting, it's still producing a methane gas when you're composting a little bit because food does break down. And, you know, whether it's in the ground outside of Walkersville High School or because that's where I went to school or if it's in the landfill, I mean, it's still breaking down, right, in the ground. 
Well, those aren't actually very comparable. When uh, food breaks down in the landfill, it's because it's being uh, digested, and that does release a huge amount of methane, uh, whereas in composting, if it's done correctly, uh, that methane and other greenhouse gases are trapped in the soil and enrich the soil. So it's yeah. a much more sustainable process, and not only does it lead to dramatically reduced emissions, but it also uh, improves the soil so it can be used for community agriculture, you know, school gardens or yeah. uh, ships to local farms, that kind of I absolutely agree with that. Davin, thank you so much. Uh, you're a well-spoken young man better than I am, and I do appreciate you getting up early and spending some time with us on the Morning News Express. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Bob. You have a great day.